Welcome to The Numbers Game. I'm Jason and I'm here with Nick and Marty. Back to regular programming for this episode, guys. I won't confuse it. Nick and Marty, how are we going today, guys? Going well, mate. Going well. Spent about nine hours on my phone yesterday, just uh, cruising the digital world, not really understanding what reality is anymore. Uh, But that's just a precursor to today. Uh, But otherwise, feeling good. Feeling good. Feeling good. Nick, how are you going, my friend? Yeah, also well. And... um also got stuck in I've been getting into some bad habits with my phone so I thought it was you know we bought this uh, we bought up our bad habits and we discussed them and worked out we're actually all living in the matrix and and whatnot so we're going to unpack that today and work out how do we get out of the matrix and um, hopefully get some better habits around technology and discuss now that, men- now that you mentioned we're living in the matrix I feel better about the pills I was taking that made me not feel very well over the no I'm just kidding no pill taking uh, that's for sure the, the red know. one or the <laughs> the red or the blue, or the blue one it's uh, matrix matrix talk got me all uh, excited this uh, definitely some bad habits around technology though and we've all admitted it and we thought it was a great time to bring up how technology is changing humans but before we do Guys, excited to say that I uh, wanted to chat about our show sponsor, Innovate, and all of the exciting things they're doing around their commercial lending for business owners. So uh, we work really closely with the Innovate team on the business lending, um, all things business loans, business overdrafts, um, really smart, sophisticated ways of making sure that business owners are getting access to funding and finance in these uh, trying and testing times. And uh, But now, guys... After that, we can go back to focusing on how technology is uh, changing humans. And uh, Nick, I think you're going to lead the way on this one. Um, you've always been a big advocate for, you know, putting the phone on do not disturb mode and having some good, healthy boundaries. Uh, but yeah, let's let's chat. Yep, very very true. I am. Um, I do set the boundaries up, but like everyone, um, I do cross those boundaries sometimes. Uh, maybe not as much as Marty Vidikovic, but he's like that lives <laughs> on the edge. So pretty much walks to the wrong side of the boundary all his life and that's how he's got to where he is. But um, I found myself doing it more often lately, so it just came up in, in, in conversation. And it's not so much you – know, we're not going to go over the normal stuff like, you know, you don't be on your phone all the time because it's not good for your, for your health and whatnot. We're, we're, we're going to talk about that. But we're just going to talk about how technology is changing humans and changing the way, the way we interact. And we talked about – we well, joked about the matrix, but – it is kind of where we're heading. Like we're we're almost removing ourselves from society to a degree because we're living in this little tech bubble. Um, so you know, when we talk about how it's changing us, uh, we, we want to unpack communication. So how's it unpack in, impacting the way we com- communicate? Uh, how's it impacting the way we uh, we can consume information? Uh, our social interactions, our work and productivity entertainment, and then the obvious one, mental and physical health, which is probably done to death, so we won't touch on that too much. But um, to kick it off, communication, and I guess we what we've lost um, from you know, being out well, – what I'm trying to say here is we've lost the ability to communicate and the way that we used to communicate. We've lost the ability to have conversations um, you know, we've brought this up before, you know, me walking down the stairs, um, and saying day to people and people freaking out, um, because we, now we communicate through the phone. So you know, we talked, we've talked about this in the work environment as well, the texts and the emails, but you know, even 
you brought up a really good point this morning, Jason. You talked about your cousin and I think you said your cousin reached out and sent you a text and said, you know, hey, mate, I haven't spoken for a while. I'm here, you know, just let you know I'm here. If, you know, think things are all good. If they're not, give me a call. But pick the phone up and have the conversation. Or we, you know, or we, Marty, you mentioned we would go and have a coffee. Now we're Drop sort around. Of, yeah, and now we're sort of mm. – we're just texting each other. So we've lost that deep communication. Like the, the text message is not communication in my opinion. It's not communication at all. You're not there seeing people. You're not feeling people's emotions. You're not um, – you know, you, you're you're reading a text with maybe an, an emoji that gives an an emotion, but we've lost the ability to communicate, and we've lost the um, the intimacy when we communicate as well um, by hiding behind screens. So, yeah, opinions on that. Both of you had some good examples when when we discussed putting oh, this together. Well, I even bring up in regards to your own personal relationships. Like I look at this phone sometimes, and I see that I've spent in some way, shape or form, I don't even know how, seven hours on it, mm. you know, either looking up emails or calling or, you know, scrolling. And I thought, you know, that it. I had this sick feeling over the weekend where I go, I have to actually book time to spend time with my family, like real time with my family. You know, I have to actually make a conscious decision. You know, it makes you wonder sometimes what you, you know, what you yeah, the, the phone's actually more important than anything and it's sick. That's what got me this morning when we spoke about this is you saying I've got to make a conscious decision to actually put that yeah. time aside for, you know, in your case for, for Charlie and, 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 and Cole. So it's the fact that we are even in even there is crazy mm. and I'm the same. For me, you know, when I'm at home with Alicia eating dinner or where, you know, we have – Maybe some time after dinner where we watch something, I've I've actually got to be conscious to to not grab the phone, and at times I'll put it away. But the fact that I've even got to do that that just demonstrates I'm addicted to it. If I've got to actually put it in another room so I don't grab it while we're eating dinner and talking or communicating, then that is the scary thought that I that I feel and that you mentioned before. So well, even even with kids, right? I go, Charlie's got to get off the screens. Mm-hmm. But I'm on the friggin' screen, right? And it's like, and look, I've lived, I've lived in that metaverse where there wasn't, um, there were landline phones, right? So you knock off at work at five o'clock, and that was it. If you if you went out with a work colleague, you weren't distracted by mm. any digital presence. You actually had depth of relationship. Even your friendships out of sports and community, there was depth of the relationship because you would catch. I think about my friends now, we would catch up maybe twice a year. And I know that's for different reasons too, because you've got families and people are busy. I get that. But prior to having mobiles and Facebook and social media and everything, mate, you, you were there, you know, virtually seeing each other every day, you know, in your youth. Mm-hmm. And you're going, you had real connection, real connection. And I think that's the thing that's... Um, that's disturbing like people have put more emphasis on the fact that and and this is the thing i hear all the time like you see people go yeah i see what you're up to on socials yeah i feel like i know i feel like i know what you're doing because i see what you posted on socials now that's that's 
just the the shop front right that's just the good stuff but really the depth of relationship you got to know the warts and all of your friends um you supported them you celebrated their wins together and they celebrated yours it was a whole different experience and and i had a mentor going back in 2008 and the more i think about him the more relevant he was he said the danger of this digital world uh, for all its efficiencies and, and benefits is that kids and people will feel like they've had a legitimate experience prior to having a real experience. It'll be a dig- digital experience. And for instance, even the school that Charlie goes to, they had a Disneyland tour, uh, a virtual Disneyland tour where someone from Disney took them around the park. And I said, wouldn't it be great to go there one day and have that experience? And he said, no, no, I've seen it. I don't. So you never get the thrill of going on a ride, never get the thrill of experience what that theme park is. But that shows you that, the, the kid, and I'm sure this happens in adults, it's just we don't recognize it, it's so subliminal, um, they feel like they've had that experience prior to actually having the experience and that's why there's, there's so many problems uh, occurring out there. So I don't know if that resonates, but that's some of the things I've started to notice in those different worlds that I've lived in. Mm. Yeah, and it's um, and we're, we're kind of moving through the, the topics here, but the social interactions and then you move to social media and... Um, you know, we talked about cyberbullying, and um, you know, I've, I, I listen a lot to uh, Jordan Peterson. He's not for everyone, but I think he's got some really valid points. And um, he was on a Rogan podcast a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about you know through tech and social media how social media actually um, helps psychopaths grow. You know, we 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 no longer have an a, a Let's say where you, you and I, Jace or Marty, are in a face-to-face conversation when we're having a conversation back and forth about a topic that we might disagree on, um, or you know, you might be bullying me or, or whatnot. When you're physically with someone, you, those boundaries are set, and you know, I might say something to you. This is how, how Jordan explained it, which I think was great. I might say say something to you, Jace, that I know that is going to upset you, and would I do that if I was in front of you? knowing what the response might be. And it could be, depending on how bad it was, it could be a physical response back to me. This is going back to caveman stuff, right? So I'm going to not cross boundaries with you. Um, whereas when you go to social media or you know, or tech or cyber, there those boundaries don't exist. So psychopaths just have an environment where they can continue to grow and grow and grow versus pushback, um, whether it be verbally or or physically in 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 the past, so you know it goes beyond the fact we're looking at screens. We're looking at screens and we're interacting in in a negative way with people that we don't even know. You know, so so what is that is is doing for our relationships and our you know in your case, Marty, you talk about you, Charlie. So mm, I was going to say I'm 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 not a parent, but I you know <clears throat> wonder about parents in this day and age and how much more difficult it is to not only educate a child on all the normal things, but then also to talk about social media and cyberbullying and adds this extra layer of how to behave, not just face-to-face when you're at class with your friends, but how are you behaving online in the digital world? Like what are your actions doing and, and what are your behaviors and, and are you proud of them? And, you know, I think about, you know, I was I was chubby at school and I got picked on and, you know, whatever else. But I'm just thinking, like, how much worse would that have been if somebody could have been behind a keyboard sending me messages 
making my life even even more worse than it might have been at the primary school or early high school days. And, you know, there was an article over the weekend that, you know, through social media, the algorithms got me targeted for a particular type of news um, that, that fills my feed. And um, one of the articles popped up was a young girl who took her life um, over, she was physically assaulted at school, but it wasn't the physical assault that drove her you know, they're saying, and obviously this is, you know, what's in the article, but it's saying the thing that pushed her over the edge was then all of the torment online because a video got uploaded of, of her being beaten up by a couple of girls and people were messaging her, getting stuck into her, calling her a, you know, a pussy or a coward or whatever. So it was the online cyber bullying that just went to the next level. And, and this girl, you know, unfortunately, and, you know, super, super sad that this is this is now the world that we have to be um, to be across, and as I said, not a parent, but yeah, huge, huge appreciation for how difficult it is for parents to police this and look after this. And, and you don't know, to- you don't know where the attack's coming from, and that's the danger for parents. Parents, you know, sometimes trust technology um, to be doing the right thing, but you just don't know where the assault's coming from, and you've got to be, you've got to be all over it because that's just, uh, that's just a terrible story that happened to that young girl. And it's it's very common, you know. It's very common. It's happening more and more. So we need to be, you know, we need to be better than that. And I think about even, you know, kids playing games. Like you think about growing up, and you know, you're playing, you're on your bikes, you're playing cricket, footy, and tennis, and everything else uh, over at mate's place and having fun. And you go, these days they're playing games, but they're all online playing games, the same game, but from different laptops. And I just go something's not right here and when you want to say let's go on a play date it's sort of like that's not really the heightened experience anymore and you go gee so we're we're really putting some um, parameters around that just to have um you know real life experiences and just put the laptops away for a while and the phones away because it's um yeah, I don't know whether it's heading in the right direction. Marty, that, that entertainment piece on on how we used to, you know, the video games and the playing 40-40 or the riding the bikes around the streets, it actually took me on a trip down memory lane of comparing video games. Um, you know, quite a lot of friends and people that I interact with still love getting on the PS5 and, and doing that. And I thought back to, you know, when I got an, a Nintendo 64 and we are playing GoldenEye, um, or Mario Kart, but we had four controls that had a wire that plugged into the 64 and I'd have three mates over and the four of us would sit side by side eating some snacks that mum had baked during the day to have the boys over after school or, you know, and we'd sit there and play Nintendo 64 in a room where we could laugh and talk and be next to each other. Yeah, I want to come and, to your house now. Yeah, oh, mate, and mum's chocolate chip <laughs> cookies were absolutely tip top. I mean, maybe that's what contributed to me being the chubby kid. But, you know, I still had friends over to play Nintendo 64. And now I think about the, the world at the moment is get home, shut the door, headset, on and and play alone yes you're communicating but you might be talking to some stranger online on the other side of the world and not necessarily just your mate from school and it's a different world and yeah it's definitely uh yeah yeah, just something to be aware of of those technology changes that you know how i grew up and me playing nintendo 64 with my mates is now very different to the kids that are growing up gaming with their friends now and and the impacts that that has So we went on a bit of a tangent there, but that tends to happen. So that's all good. Um, uh, but one of the other things was uh, the way we consume information. Information, And it's really interesting. I'd be keen to get your thoughts on this. The first thing I think about when I think about information consumption is 
how available it is now. You know, I go back to reading encyclopedias. Like, how the hell was that? Like, if you wanted to know something, you'd get an encyclopedia and you'd find, um, you'd you'd, you'd find um, anything you wanted to listen, to, uh, read, which is generally history, because it obviously can't talk about current affairs in encyclopedia. Although that would be impressive. Um, so it's now that we've we've it's information overload now. Um, so that's the first thing I think about. The second thing I think about is the different opinions that are so accessible now. So anyone can really run with a topic or run with an agenda. Um, you know, if you've got a if you've got a theory on something, you'll find anything on Google um, to to prove that theory. Um, and I compare that to the way that that we learned as kids. You know, you think about learning at school um, through books, and again, that was generally historic. You think about news and a current affair shows. Um, now they would also run agendas. So let's not, let's not pretend they were perfect. Uh, we all know that media, media groups pretty much, um, put any agenda out that, 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 that they wanted to, but I've, yeah, I think about the amount of information is there and the amount of opinions that can be proved online now. And that's probably the thing, the main thing I think about which is scary. That's a great point. And what used to happen was you would have a current affair back in the day, um, but your community standards and principles were actually higher within your own community than what was on the TV screen because you were interacting with people, right? So that actually held more weight in the end and people could discount um, the media a little bit more so because it was the four channels, right? You didn't have it you know, screaming down your face 24-7 um, like it is now. But now, like you, you pointed out, there's an isolation piece here where you know, people are getting trapped in the technology. That's the only place they want to be. And they're getting filtered with many different things, you know, buying algorithms, uh, news, positioning. And that now holds more weight than because you're not getting the people interaction, the community interaction. Huge. Huge yeah, with, difference. With, with information consumption and how we consume that now, exactly what you said, Nick, the opposite side of that is, uh, or not the opposite, but the spread of misinformation, how easy it is that if you've got an agenda and you want to find info that backs up the point that you think you've got, you can find info. And whether it's something like, you know, there was a lot of, you know, it might be that the COVID vaccine was doing something. You could definitely find information that somehow definitely linked COVID vaccine to something, just as a random example, or, you know, that alcohol is okay to drink a couple of drinks a day. You can find an article that says that, that was paid for by an alcohol company, or you can find one that says there's no safe amount of alcohol to drink because it's poison. And, and, and it depends which one you believe and which one you want to spruik online, but you'll find that info. Yeah, um, correct. And, and, th- and you're not allowed to make a decision for yourself anymore. <laughs> you, know, you know, this is the thing. Like, I don't drink anymore, right? And that's a choice. But, geez, I copped it yeah. <laughs> at yeah. the time, right? And that's, and that's I, I don't mind other people drinking at all. I used to drink. So it's like, but you still have to have the right to make a personal choice. But you, you are manipulated with that much information for and against stuff. And you can't even hold your own position anymore. You've got to take a side instead of actually critically thinking through something and think, actually, 50% of that I agree with, 50% I don't, or I 100% agree. That's your right as a person. Well, even even the, the way we consume information now and just kind of ch- thinking back to like uh, living with my parents. 
And I remember like, you know, dad getting the paper delivered every day or he was actually out delivering the papers and then bringing one home. And, you know, that, that opening up the newspaper and you'd get the variety of info because it was all in the newspaper. And if you flicked from front to back, you'd go through kind of up-to-date news, some stuff that was ongoing, some politics, some entertainment, some sport, and you'd get all of it. But now if you're just relying on your phone's algorithm on, let's say, the news section of Facebook to give you the, all of that news, depending on what you've liked and clicked and whatever before, you're not getting the whole spread of news like you would have got from reading a newspaper from front to back. And I remember on a Saturday or a Sunday morning, you know, a big part of you know my dad's day would have been getting a coffee and his wheat bix and reading the paper from front to back. And if you're not getting that anymore because your information is being tailored to what your phone's algorithm believes you want to know about, you're missing out on on different parts of, of the worldwide news. So yeah, different, very different. And we don't really know either what's right or what's real and what's not, I guess. Like, so this is exactly. the other thing. Like how many how many videos have you seen from Russia or and the Ukraine war and then seen comments that that's fake, that's not real? So, you know, again, I'm not saying the um, the, the media groups were, were 100% right all the time, but you probably had a little bit more faith there versus now anyone can take a video. You know, all three of us could take a video, put it on Twitter and it can go viral. So there's always that um, feeling that, Mm, is this right or is this real, sorry, or is this not so real? Um, Every, everyone's angling a position, Correct. right? And that's why you've got to know what your story is and what, you know, you want to want to believe. And I, and I know, like, like you talked about, you know, you hang out with mates and you get that same adrenaline, you get that adrenaline rush when you're hanging out with people having a good time. I guarantee you that has now been replaced by this phone. You get that same adrenaline rush when you pick up that damn phone and then when you go and see people, now people are anxious and you go, what is going on? It's like, what is going on? And and I don't know what the answer is. Like I was going to throw it over to you boys. Hope you had some clues on this. But I go, I know what that world, there were pros and cons to the other world as well, right? You know, which there's, there's and that's, happens across the board but i go there's certainly something in regards to isolating people and um you know having that level of control and access to people's heads uh that that can't be can't be healthy so you've really got to have that balance i think technology obviously works well in so many different ways and i'm an advocate for it um but but again you have to do a a a check-in you got to do an audit and make sure you're not living in it because I feel like that boundary is getting crossed quite regularly now. Yeah. Um, so the next one was work and productivity. So you know, the first thing I think about here is, and again, guilty. Um, but you know, we've ha- how many WhatsApp groups uh, is everyone on? You know, how many messages punched through on WhatsApp? Um, how many times do you pick it up when you when you're halfway through something and look at a WhatsApp and then someone else replies and. You know, I'm I'm on a couple of WhatsApp groups and sometimes I don't check them for a couple of hours and I'll look and there'll be 500 messages there. And I think, what are all these guys doing? Like, haven't they got a job? Like, <laughs> so it, the impact on our our work and our productivity, I'm, I'm reading um, Deep Work at the moment by Cal Newport, great book. He talks a lot about this stuff. Um, but access to things quickly, people can message you at, at the drop of a hat. Um 
you know, how, you know, getting lost, you know, we've spoken about getting lost in that social media trance where you think you're on there for five minutes. Next thing you know, it's 45 minutes gone. Jace, you spoke about the other, the other week. So how is that impacting our progress as, as humans? You know, could we be learning something um, at that time? Could we be reading something that's beneficial? Um, obviously, could we be working more efficient? You know, Cal Newport talks about, uh, he doesn't leave. Oh, sorry, he doesn't work post five thirty p.m. And what he does is he builds his day backwards from there. So he says, "Look, well, if I've got to leave the office at five thirty, I don't take my work home. This is what I need to get done in that short time period." And then you force yourself to be efficient and productive. Whereas if you're not doing that, next thing you know, you're still at work at six six thirty because you've probably spent an hour going back and forth on WhatsApp and lost an hour. So. I think that's that's something that's changing. We also were working harder and longer, but the efficiency is what I would question. And you know, do you really need to work that long? You know, how many times have you jumped on social media during the day and had a quick flick, and the next thing you know, it's twenty five, thirty minutes, and you know, you could have been home having, you know, bathing your kids or you know, have, ha- having dinner with your kids. So, I think that's that's the brilliant point to make there, Nick. Is what are you missing out on because of that time you spend attached to technology, which is usually your phone and you're usually doing something like social media or, you know, reading some articles that you probably could have gone without reading because you just got sucked in. You're missing and out on life. Yes. it's That's it's, what you're missing out it's, on. It's, it's actually putting a thought into it. Because I did this, I didn't get to do that. And, you know, the old, um, you know, cue routine reward. So at the moment, the cue is like, you know, getting a notification on your phone. The routine is scrolling through your socials to get rid of your notifications. And the reward is that dopamine hit that you get because you've cleared your notifications. Replace that with something else. So, you know, I'm, you know, channeling a bit of Greggy. Greg's on his, you know, probably 850th day straight running. But before he carved out half an hour a day to run, he might have been doing you know, scrolling on social media and having done the same thing recently, I'm, you know, day 40 now, but quite often, you know, a TV episode that Case and I might've been watching would finish. And as I said, yeah, 45 or an hour later, Case and I are both on our phones just scrolling. Well, he, you know, so, here's, so it's here's, here's something to back being you up conscious. on that, Jace. Like uh, since we got the dog, we've had the dog for about four weeks, but I have a whole new routine around this dog. Like I will get up, the, I tell you, the hall light goes on. I could hear the dog in the crate. It's starting to get excited, and I'm excited for it. So I come in, pat the dog, put my shoes on, get the leash, um, take her out, wee in a poo, have a, <laughs> have a walk down the street. She's excited. I come back, put the kettle on. Um, I give her some milk. Then she comes and sits on my lap, and I you know, pat her for about 20 minutes. Then Cole gets up. I see Cole get excited because the dog's excited and see Cole. It's real living, and I go, that's what it used to be. And I go, wow, that morning would have been spent watching the news, would have been flicking through the screen, and I go – and it just it just reconnected me back in. It was a reminder of how good life is, and you know, connecting with the animal, connecting with your family, and then I find that I'm connecting better with people at work. Strangely enough, because it's rekindled those things within myself. So just even that was a really good, a really good evidence that um, it was a good thing to do. Didn't expect that from the dog, mind you, when I bought it, <laughs> as I scrolled to find her. <laughs> yeah, and look. The last one, which you know, we probably don't, we probably already covered this just from the way that the conversation's headed. But mental and physical health, are the obvious one. I think mental health we covered. You know, the lack of communication, the ability to deal with issues, 
cyberbullying, all that stuff. Um, and there's the physical aspect, and um, this is one that I noticed. But you know, the the disrupting sleep patterns. You know, it happened to me last night. Full transparency, I um I was away most of the weekend, and I was away from my phone a lot. Um, so I got home last night. We went out to dinner, and I got home, and I I went upstairs, and I usually you know watch something you know stupid and read a bit of read a bit of a book and then go to bed by 11, I lost 45 minutes on social media. I jumped on social media. There's heaps of WhatsApp, mess, um, heaps of uh, Instagram messages I hadn't seen over the weekend. You know, people can send you messages. Next thing you know, it's 45 minutes gone. And I was like, I actually should have read 20 minutes ago and I should be in bed now asleep. So, you know, that for me then impacted, I guess, my sleep last night. And I feel okay, but I definitely didn't get the amount of sleep that I that I would have if I had hadn't flicked the phone open. Um, I usually, you know, lay in f- front of the TV and jump on the foam roller or something, and you know, foam roll out a sore spot. I didn't do that, so you know, that's 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 recovery. And I woke up this morning and I went, shit, like oh, I, I haven't done that for ages, but I did it last night, and it just made me think. The impact that that's having on you know the physical aspect, and Jace, you spoke about you know Greggy going for a run every day instead of uh, flicking through the phone. So we'll, we'll think about you know think about too when you're out actually having an experience. How how often do you think about? Oh, this would be a great shot for my socials. Oh yeah, yeah. So even when you're out having an experience, you're still thinking about showcasing it on your socials. Not right. I mean, we all do it, but it's like. There's something not right about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, some uh, practical tips as well. If you've been listening and thinking, you know, what my my use of technology and you know how it's impacting humans and people around me is, uh, you know, probably needs a bit of an audit and and a bit of a review. Um, you know, just just start to do a bit of a review of you know your time on social media, your time on your phone or your computer. When are you doing it, and how is it affecting those around you? Um, so you do the review then think about setting some limits. Like it's not to say you can't go on social media at all or you can't consume the news online and read things, but maybe think about some limits. What's an appropriate amount of time to spend with your face in your phone or your face in your laptop? Do you have any digital free zones in your daily schedule? So, you know, it might be, you know, there's plenty of talk about, you know, uh, parents coming home from work and having a, a tech-free time, no TV, no phones, no laptops so they can be with their kids or their their partners at home. Um, another good one from um, the Let Go book by Hugh Van Kylenberg um, from the Resilience Project. He said to move all of your apps that have notifications, move them off the front page of your phone and put them on, a, on another page and then turn off notifications. Unless it's something that you really, really need to be pinged and notified by, turn off the notifications. So for example, like Facebook or Instagram. Uh, there is nothing in Facebook or Instagram that requires me to be interrupted during the day by a notification that pops up on my phone. So get get the control back yourself and be in control of that technology use. Um, so turning off notifications is a great one. And Nick, I've always loved your example of you know putting the phone in do not disturb mode between you know whatever time at night and the next thing in the morning because that's your time and you're owning that space. Um, and the other one, you know, just talking about the the sleep and how it can affect your sleep pattern is practi- practicing mindfulness, like being conscious, you know, whether it's meditation at night or meditation at a different time of day, 
Um, you know, making sure that you've got some deep connection, you know, yourself and, you know, breath work, connecting with the real world. And if it is a problem, I mean, one of the ones we didn't touch on that was in the notes was addiction. You know, whether you're addicted to social media or addicted to, to anything else, it, you can seek support and look at ways to to get on top of this. I was going to say that too, Joe. So I'm glad you brought that up because Cal Newport brings this up in uh, Deep Work and talks mm-hmm. about the addiction and with the the phone and the and the emails, the emails are, uh, are the same. It's a dopamine hit of getting some sort of informational communication through. And what he suggested is we can't just go cold turkey. Like if we mm. look, we are all addicted. All three of us on this podcast would be addicted to some degree. Mm-hmm. So he he talks about exactly what you spoke about. You have to build in those no go zones, mm-hmm. and you have to build them in. Um, you have to build them up. So it might be 20 minutes, 30 minutes where you've got a slot. It should be yep. it should actually start long, longer than that. But <laughs> don't just go, I'm just not going to look at my phone for, um, mm. for for a day. You actually have to retrain your brain that you don't mm-hmm. need it um, because we've trained that we need it. So he taught, he goes pretty deep on that. And that was something that I really took on board. I was like, okay, well, I can't just go, I'm not going to look at my phone for a day because that's not going to happen retrain your brain that you don't need it is what you need to do. So start to build in those no-go zones and then build them up from there. And at some point you won't be reaching automatically like you do, Yeah, you know, which is what we all are guilty of. I like it, Nick. Well, uh, let's let's all give it a go and uh, come back and report back in a few episodes of how we're all going with uh, creating some distance from uh, technology in our phones because I know, you know, perfect example of that, Nick, I was walking out to a gym class the other day and my phone was – on charge and I ran back in to grab it just to walk to the gym with my phone in my pocket. And I absolutely did not need it. I didn't use it, but I felt like I would have had some kind of anxiety by leaving it home on charge rather than taking it with me. But it's little things like that. And, you know, again, in Hugh's book, uh, maybe it was even the resilience project. He talked about if he was catching up with a mate at the pub, he left his phone in his car or left his phone at home so that when he was sitting at the pub with his mate, it was just eyeball to eyeball, sipping a beer, having a chat with his mate without that temptation to glance down at the phone and check the notification or or get distracted. So, yep, have a think about uh, all the way you're using technology and uh, the changing habits that have happened and how you can uh, win it back and, and get back in control. Until next time, game over and get to living a real life again. Otherwise, it will be game over. Bye for now.